For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. This podcast is a member of the Voices of Wrestling podcasting network. Visit VoicesOfWrestling.com to hear the rest of our great podcasts as well as show reviews, columns, opinions, and updates across the world of wrestling. And I say, what a wonderful kind of day. If you can learn to work and play and get along with each other. Welcome everybody to Wednesday War Games episode number 55. Joining me as always is my very warm co-host Liam Jones. Liam, how are you doing? 55, was that the amount of degrees it is? Oh no, we're on 56. Never mind. Oh, what is that? The amount of de- degrees it is? Ah, oh, good bit, Liam. Very good. Uh-huh. Well executed. Uh-huh. It was only 46. Uh, I've never... Actually, no, I have experienced 46 degree heat. I've been to Egypt. Uh-huh. It was very warm there. I'm glad that my regular day was compared to the heat of Egypt. Yes. Whereas here, the warmest it ever gets is like 25. That's what it Maybe like be. close to 30 sometimes, if it's like super warm, but that's rare. 28 should be the maximum. Uh, I think the maximum, actually no, I think the weather at all times should be like 12 to 15 degrees. Mm. Never change. Mm. I want it to be chilly, but with pure blue open skies. What, really you go as far as chilly? Yeah, I like a little chill in the air. I'm a, I'm a, I'm a man who likes to wear hoodies. Ah. I like to... You're a regular hoodlum. Ah, I like to create my own atmosphere. <laughs> that was a real pity, uh... Uh, well, what a funny joke. <laughs> I'm doing my best here. Just trying. Are you? What, no. What have you been not. up to, Garrett? It's natural I've been doing nothing. Literally nothing. Oh, There's nothing going on in my life. Ooh, well, that's good content. Uh, we watched the toy show the other day. A big Irish tradition. It is. It's the biggest uh, Irish television event of the year. It's just basically mocking children while they open toys, except this year the children are very lovely and wholesome. So it's like, oh, look at these amazing children while they're opening toys. I swore, I swore, I saw a, a farmer boy rapping. Ah, yes. One of the many stars of the toy show. There was no, like, memes this year. It was all just I wholesome saw, uh, kids. I saw Lara Croft come out <laughs> one year. Oh, that was great. It's so awkward. She's just standing there posing. Yeah, and then she like just grabs them and pulls them off the stage. <laughs> yeah. We, we've executed that formula a lot better where we get like people that they actually care about. It. Who does... Who... I care about fake Lara Croft, damn it. I wonder what she's up to now. The person who played Lara Croft. Mm. Probably playing like... I don't know. Who could... Who could... Someone who played Lara Croft in like 2000 to play in 2020? Old Lara Croft. Ah, there you go. It's a gritty <laughs> reboot. Oh, yeah, the DC remake. Yeah, the Zack Snyder version of the Lara Croft universe. <laughs> the Zack Snyder cut of Tomb Raider. Release the Snyder cut of Tomb Raider, please. Okay, film it. Yeah, everybody should watch the toy show. It's the best thing on earth. Is it like the Toy Story? It's better than Toy Story, I'll tell well, you. Well, people can probably get mad about that. It's no... Uh, I'm trying to think of... Uh, Polar Express. That's true. It's, I can't deny it. Do you remember the Golden Compass? I've never seen it, but I have heard of it. Mm, that was quite, like... It was poised to be, like, the next big, big teen movie. Like a... 
Hunger Games before Hunger Games. I feel like everything that's poised to be the big teen movie never actually ends up being the big teen movie. Until it is. <laughs> well, like, I feel like every studio that goes out to be like, this is going to be the next Harry Potter, ends up just making a one-film dud that nobody cares about. That's fair. <laughs> but, like, I don't know. I'm trying to think, what's, like, the most recent example of that? Uh, there's, like, Jupiter Ascending, there's, like, the Mortal Bones films, which actually made a remarkable number of, if you look at them, but well, I don't think anybody the, ever cared. The one that had, um, the traveling, like, countries? The Sisterhood of the Traveling Pants? No. The one that, like, had the big robot countries. That, uh, oh, uh, Pacific guy... Rim? No. The guy that, the, that Miz, the Misfits guy was in it, and he's playing, like, a serious man role now. I don't know. Uh, I do not know what you're referring to. It was, like, this big, like, steampunk movie that came out recently. I saw the ads for it all the time, and it, that struck me very much as one of those type of movies. Oh, it was like that Peter Jackson movie, wasn't it? Mm, probably. He's so helpful. <laughs> I am very helpful. Now I have to look it up uh, while you vamp uh, classically. No, Tell I'm me what you so, think I'm already, about I'm this I'm Googling rolling. it. Mortal Engines is what it was. Mortal Engines, yes, which I actually quite enjoyed. I thought it was a good film. God, 2018 that came out. Feels like it was. Really? It was feels like I was getting film. the ads yesterday. Let's see, and like typically, I've seen the film. I don't remember it, even though I liked it. It's one of those movies that like I just grew to despise because I saw the ads all the time. Oh, Alita: Battle Angel was another one. That movie ruled. <laughs> that movie was good. It's never gonna get a sequel, but it should. <laughs> even though the entire film like was building to a sequel in a way that was very shameless and quite yeah. disappointing. Well. Uh, to be fair, I'm, I'm sh- they have a lot of um, content <laughs> to work with. Mm. There's, a, there's a a backlog of stuff that they probably want to get to. The problem is, like, sometimes shows will do that. And then it's like, oh, well, we've got this great world, but we don't want to just throw it all in the first season. And then they just never get a second season. Uh, yeah, that's the, the deep cynical ploy, though, isn't it? It's like, oh, we got to do all the world building so that you spend money to go see this film and then you never see Which, any of the good stuff in this fair, world. To be fair, if it works out and they do get a season two, like, normally that season two fucking rules because of it. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> but mm. it's just like, it's such a, a, a gambit. It's like, um, the Devil yeah, May but- Cry anime tried that, where the first season they didn't introduce, like, Virgil or any of that at all. <laughs> And that just he was it's like mm. just a, a monster of the month show kind, uh, kind of like show, and then like they were like, all right, we did the big thing, we can do Virgil season two. <laughs> just never got a season two. And like generally, the reason they never get a season two is because like, well, they never did Virgil or any of the stuff I like from this thing. Yeah. So nobody watches it, and it becomes a self fulfilling prophecy. <laughs> Gotham is very lucky that it got multiple seasons because that first season was not what people wanted. Uh, yeah, I watched like the first twelve episodes of Gotham, and I was like, "Nah, I'm out." I think I've I've come to like a realization with um, comic book movies and shows lately, where it's like, mm-hmm. I don't watch them to actually be that good. I just watch them because I have affinities for these characters, and I want to see how they their stories are told on in live action. <laughs> but what if they're not good then? If they're not good then, then it's at least like, ah, oh, look, cheap uh, fan service. And if they are good, it's like, ah, oh, they went above and beyond my expectations. So you can't be disappointed. Unless it's just actively really bad. <laughs> like, What's the worst comic book adaptation? Well, what's the worst comic book adaptation Then what's the worst movie, like Marvel movie? Because the worst comic book adaptation... Would be, it'd be one of the ones where they, they just completely like deviated. They just didn't make the thing they were making? Yeah. I'm trying to have a think. It's probably like um, one of the like uh, manga adaptions, <laughs> honestly. Mm-hmm. Um, the Dragon Ball Z movie? Yeah, that, that's it. <laughs> that's it, yeah. 
because like that movie's awful man. and it's and it's not even like the benefit which sometimes I'll give a movie or a game or something the benefit of like if it didn't have the name slapped on it, 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 it and it wasn't like that it was still good you know what I mean it was just bad for being mm. what it was trying to be but um that's like you can't even say that for that movie because that movie's just bad all around it's pretty bad it's like uh, it's, mo- it's actually the the thing like I'm not a big dragon ball guy but then I knew he said dragon gate there I'm also not a big Dragon Gate guy. Wow. I'm not a big Dragon Ball guy, but I still watched that movie and I was like, people that like this really aren't going to like this, are they? It was nothing like anything. It sucked. <laughs> um, what's the worst Marvel? Uh, Iron Man 2. Yeah, probably. It stinks. I'm thinking it's about doing movie. a full rewatch just because there's been no new movies coming out and just like, they, it's great background fodder. There's this podcast series called Podcast of the Day, and then it became Podcast of the Week, and they reviewed all of those Marvel films. Wow. You should really, you should check it out. A great series that I was never invited on, despite being your most consistent co-host. Um, it basically didn't exist most of the time I knew you. This is bullshit. Well, Podcast of the Week did. So what were we talking about? <laughs> Devil May Cry? Yes. <laughs> bang, 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 pull my devil through. I reviewed three Devil May Cry games just for you. I, I, gave, I did a, like an hour and a half long presentation on Metal Gear, alright? It was only like 40 minutes I'll have you. It was know. like an hour. <laughs> With slideshows. Deep lore of Metal Gear. Uh, that, that Actually, no, that'll probably be the worst adaption of something, to be honest, when they do the Metal Gear movie. Well, you see, the reason I think it won't be is because I think there's a good chance someone will just ask Kojima to do it. Uh, that's the thing. It's It'll only work if Kojima's on board, for a multitude of reasons. Because Metal Gear is just utter nonsense. Like, it's utter nonsense with him, yeah. but it's like that charming, specific kind of utter nonsense. I've always but hoped without that, him, like, it's just... Kojima Productions just ends up going into doing movies as well. Because I want to see that madman behind a lens. <laughs> well, he's he's been talking about it, hasn't he? Well, I think he's, he's always kind of talked about it. Like, it was just games were his medium to make film, I think, was like the longest... But the thing's like, I, 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 I do want a Metal Gear one, very much so. I want a Metal Gear but I also want him to do something completely original, just to see how it goes. <laughs> make the Death Stranding film we all want? No, like, I want something like, brand new IP, and then he can make a game from it later. <laughs> we'll do it in reverse. <laughs> he can make a game about walking through fields and falling over? Yeah. Or a movie about it, sorry. He already made the game about it. <laughs> the movie would probably rule, to be honest. Oh, who was uh, who the casting for the Metal Gear movie? Um, you obviously get Hugh Jackman to play Snake. Uh. You know, I weirdly don't hate it, because he's like weirdly like theater man enough i think you need to have a level of classically trained actor to do it you know what i mean i think legit you could just like nearly any superhero role hugh jackman is an acceptable answer yeah or any like adaptation yeah he's a remarkably talented man your country did well yeah he's he's probably our best export thing is though i'm really sick of like these big blockbuster like kind of action kind of drama movies all doing the marvel cracking jokes thing now Mm. Like, I just want movies to, like, just be in their genre a little bit more. That's the reason I was very disappointed when Disney bought up all the Fox stuff, because at least, like, the X-Men films, they did occasionally have quips and cracks and jokes, but they were generally, like, serious films about these characters Mm. instead of just, like, goofball, low-stakes nothings. And now Disney owns it, so they're going to make goofball, low-stakes nothings. Yeah. I I don't mind, like, a couple of quips in there, but in, like, the later... MCU movies, it feels like every scene has to either end on a quip, start with a quip, have a quip in the middle. Uh, like, if you listen to the, those reviews of on Podcast Today and Podcast of the Week, 
You like I like these films. I enjoyed them, but I'm the sa- I'm the same. Like they're completely inessential. There's nothing like important about any of these films. Mm. It's like I I purely like watching them like because I'm a dude who likes comics, <laughs> and I just like to mm. see adaptions of characters. It'd be the same if like I went and saw, or when they do the the Devil May Cry live action thing they're doing. You know, I'll, I'll watch it with morbid curiosity because I want to see how these characters hold up. Speaking of watching with morbid curiosity, every week we review <laughs> AEW Dynamite and WWE NXT. Uh, last week AEW won. Actually, no, last week NXT won. Oh, Never mind. Fuck yeah. So we start with WWE NXT, Boo. which began with Candice LeRae against Ember Moon and the big Tony Storm heel turn. Mm. All right. So you ever like see a match on your screen and go, mm-hmm. this isn't ending clean? <laughs> Yes. <laughs> this is my... F- Most weeks when I watch NXT. <laughs> I immediately saw this match and was like, oh, some bullshit's going to happen at the end of this. Yes, it was a perfectly fine, decent match. But as you said, the, the finish was, was telegraphed a mile away. And in fact, it was the big Tony Storm heel turn for reasons I but don't really know the yet. The the finish was Indy taking the, the move for Candice, which looked great. And the distraction between uh, Raquel and Dakota Kai. Poor Indy is like, oh, at least she'll get a spot in War Games. It's like, no, nah, she's the one getting bumped for Tony Storm. <laughs> I, I, I always say, oh, I'll probably bring those tag titles down to NXT eventually, and then they just never do it. They're too busy. They're doing really important work with them on Raw with Shayna Baszler and Nia Jax. <laughs> I couldn't tell you anything about main roster WWE. Um, uh, you know so yeah, Tony Storm's like... heel turn. What you think? Oh, well, yeah, sure. We'll do that first. Um, a lot of people were shitting on it, and mm-hmm. a lot of people... We're, like, throwing Tony's name in the same uh, bracket as, like, how weird it is for Candice to be heel. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, I don't know. I think Tony's a believable heel. And I, It's a bit weird that, like, you know, she just came down and it felt like she was kind of going to be Rhea's replacement as top babyface on the brand. And now yeah. that, that's kind of out of the window. But maybe they want to do... Maybe they want uh, Tony to beat Io as a heel. That that would be like like if I'm looking at their their babyface heel dynamics at the moment. I'm like, do they have a ton of heel challengers for Io Shirai? The answer is no. So then you're like, do we turn Ember or do we turn Tony Storm? The better answer there is probably Tony Storm. So there you go. That's probably how they got there. Tony's presentation is very heelish too, though. She mm. has the big long entrance, that kind of thing going for. Her. I don't know, she never, like, as you said, to people being like, oh, she's a natural baby face, which she's a good baby face, but she never struck me as this, like, Sami Zayn should be, like, the biggest, most likable baby face on Earth, mm. but they bottled it. Yeah. Like, she can be a heel. Yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm excited to see Tony um, do something, <laughs> you know what I mean? Um, but the thing that really, uh, the bigger annoyance for me is that Dakota Kai, she feels like a sidekick again. Mm. She doesn't feel like she's a main focus of this match. Like, and like Kai for the longest time was like a star on this brand. And it feels like they've bottled all of her momentum from turning heel. Like, her heel turns a year ago now. Mm. It was at last year's War Games. And it does never feel like they actually really committed to her as like the main heel on this show when they probably should have at one stage. And I think she she earned that role at one stage and she's never really gotten it. Like she had the endless feud with Tegan Knox that just kept on going. And then after that, she just kind of aimlessly wandered a little. Well, the thing is, like a year ago at last year's War Games, right? She felt like she was coming going to come out of that show as one of the biggest stars on the brand, right? Mm-hmm. This year, she feels like the fourth most important person on her team. 
Yeah, she's fallen under the shadow of Raquel Gonzalez. Yeah. Like, her heater is more important than she is. Like, I think Candace feels like the biggest one out of there still. She'll probably fall mm. down soon once Tony gets brought up a little more. But then it's Tony, then it's Raquel, and then it's Dakota. Hell, Indy Hartwell feels like a more pushed entity at the moment than Raquel and well, Dakota Kai I think it, like, Indy feels like less of a star, but she feels like she's yeah. going to be presented higher on the show. Because <laughs> right now, like... If Kai wasn't a part of any of the angles tonight, would you have noticed? If it was just Mel doing her part... Mel. If it was just Raquel doing her part of all the beatdowns. Yeah, like, like, Dakota, like Dakota Kai wasn't an important part of any of this. Yeah, if you, if, you, if you just replace Dakota with Indy the entire time, it wouldn't have felt a difference. And like, if, if it's Dakota that gets bumped from this match instead of Indy, it's going to be Indy. But if it is Dakota, like, I don't think anyone would really get mad at it. That's mm. how bad... That's how kind of... Far off from the featured act she looked like she was going to be, that she is now. And it really sucks because she was one of the best women on the brand over the last year. Yeah. I think that, like, I, I'm i not a fan of the EO. They're like, this is, like, I don't think EO should be champion right now. I think that's the problem. Well, I think EO should probably be on the main roster at this point. As much as I don't want to see her there, it just feels like her time of, like, being rotated up. Yeah, and EO is really good, but it feels like... The, the everyone else beneath her like Candice and and Dakota Kai and all these people that feel like they sh- they should have had reigns by now even like Mia Yim I know she's been called up for retribution Zia but, like, Mia Yim was there felt forever. like she was getting some momentum behind her until we'll talk about that in a minute uh, <laughs> but yeah I, I think the, the problem here is this Io Shirai title reign as good as Io is it just feels like that she's like miles above everyone else which yeah. she probably is to be fair well, but... yeah she is but it's like uh I don't know, it's it's such it's so weird. And then like Rhea's sticking around. Yeah, Rhea's are strained. It's like every time it feels like, oh, she lost to EO, now's the time you bring her up. It's like, nope, she's gonna do some war game stuff first. Uh, do you think we're gonna start seeing people in NXT for like five year stretches, like at as being like a top level performer, you know what I mean? Well like Gargano and Champa. Yeah. But I mean, like, Both just, of I mean, like, coming more up on than... five years. Actually, no, yeah, they're, they've been there for five years now, haven't they? I meant like as like top entities. But like, they've been on the show as relatively pushed acts for five years. Mm. And and I also mean like, I think those two are like the staple. You know what I mean? But mm. I'm thinking like, are we going to start seeing like ten, fifteen people doing this? It would be very strange, given that's that was never the strength. Like NXT always had to not deal with the most difficult problem in wrestling, which is. What do we do with the Johnny Garganos and the Pasta Champas of the world and the Io Shirai's and Rhea Ripley's of the world when we're pushing somebody else? It's a very difficult question to answer. It's like, what does New Japan do with Okada while they're pushing Naito? Give him and same with Tanahashi. And like, usually it's like you do some tag team stuff, you bump them down to the mid, the, the, the upper mid-card belt for a while, Wrestle's you do all that juror. stuff to kind of... Oh, well. You do all that kind of stuff to fill the time until you're pushing them again. But, like, it's a really difficult thing to do to keep those people with momentum and keep them relevant and keep people interested in them in a time when you're not pushing them at the top level of the show. And I don't think NXT has ever worked out how to do that. Because they didn't have to. (laughs) They had the perfect situation where they could, once people were finishing their big run, or a lot of the times halfway through their big runs, they were able to just Mm. kick them out. And, like, they'd put somebody over on the way out and go up to the, the main roster and then, you know, you'd move on to somebody else. You'd move on to Sami Zayn from Neville. You'd move on to uh, Bobby Roode and Shinsuke Nakamura yeah. from uh, Sami Zayn. Yeah. It's, uh, it's it's interesting. Especially, it really feels like, you know, they need to developmental. <laughs> they, need, they, need, like, they need to be, I don't know, there needs to be, well, what there needs to be is less hoarding of talent. 
and like there, there's there's the other flip side of that because what happened when all of those people moved up is somebody else got elevated. Mm. So on this show, when when Sasha and Bailey and and all those people got up, then you had the likes of Shayna come in to fill that gap, and that's just not happening on this show Asuka. anymore. You have like that ceiling, like that yeah, that Asuka went smashing through and became one of the biggest stars in the company. You have that ceiling now, that Gargano, Champa, Io Shirai, Rhea Ripley ceiling. That the likes of Candice LeRae and Dakota Kai and all these people and, and uh, Cameron Grimes and Damian Priest to a lesser extent, they just can't break through. So you just you just have these guys who should be the stars of the show and featured acts and pushed entities who are kind of sitting in a weird middle ground. Well, you, and then you have the legacy stars who are just kind of like stagnating. Yeah. And then it's really interesting because guys that would have been elevated at that point are either like doing weird shit or just like, where's Bronson Reed? He has not on the show weeks, but even like Kushida's the other one who's just like, Kushida's just having matches with guys, but yeah. he's never being pushed. He's never doing anything and he should have been by now. There's a lot of people, like, I just, I, I would like to see what NXT looks like if people were still being rotated up. Mm. Like who would, who's in what roles, you know what I mean? And like the problem is that when they do call people up now, they do nothing with them. Oh, well, they go up and they're dead on like a dead on arrival. You look at all the people that were called up relatively recently, and they're doing literally nothing. Like Kevin Owens is a challenger of the month now for freaking uh, Roman Reigns. Ricochet and Jeff Hardy on main event. Oh, that's I saw that match. I didn't see the match, but I saw like that's a main event match. It's like there's a world where you could present that as like a pretty cool novelty pay per view match. Yeah. Like Jeff Hardy against Ricochet should be an attraction match on a pay per view, and it's like a throwaway match on main event. Yeah, it's it's hoarding. That's all it is. And it's a problem that's never going to be solved. You want to say something else about this opener before I cut you off and talked about Tony Storm? Oh, it was Dakota Kai. Oh, well, there we go. So we circled back. Mm-hmm. Uh, Legado del Fantasma are, are eyeing up their next challenger, who will be Kurt Stallion. Who hasn't appeared on NXT <laughs> at all. No, it's very strange that his entire thing has been on 205 Live, and now he's, like, number one contender. So I guess he's being bumped up to... It's like watching people being promoted from Darkly. I guess oh, you God. should love this. Yeah, but I don't watch 205 Live. That's your problem. I mean, I think it's their problem. <laughs> uh, Undisputed Era came out, got a promo on Pat McAfee and Co. It's the most Undisputed Era promo you'd you'd ever you'd ever hope to see. You could have ran a promo from two years ago where they do the exact same promo. No, but they have black t-shirts now. Cool. That's very important. Yeah, like um, I don't know. I think that match makes sense to do in War Games, but at the moment, I'm not like super hyped for it. It'll probably be interesting. It's, It'll be a good match. It's still very I've weird that they're going to do it in front of like 50 people. Yeah, no war games in front of nobody, but that's the world we live in. How weird. Put yourselves in danger. <laughs> it's actually quite funny to have to look back on, because uh, AEW cancelled their war games in front of nobody. Yeah. Blood plus guts. Tim Thatcher's students were watching attentively backstage as Tim Thatcher got choked out by Kushida. <laughs> no, he tapped. He, he wasn't choked out. He actually tapped this time. Yeah, it's... Uh, God he, damn it. He as got mentioned, and was tapped. <laughs> like, I don't know, a week ago or two weeks ago, there was a day... Or Tim Thatcher being choked out by Sam Shaw and tapped out by Kushida would be this, like, up-and-arms, star-rooting moment. But it's it's 2020 NXT, so who could possibly just, care? Why do you have the submission guy tap out? Because they don't believe him? I don't know. Like, like I'm trying to get down to the root core of this. And it's like, they present them as this guy who's a shooter and tough guy and badass. And I guess because he's a heel, maybe their idea is... He's actually just full of shit, so he gets, like, exposed and shown up. Yeah, but why would you but, want... Like, he's the most legitimate-looking guy on their brand. 
that's the problem. You look at Tim Thatcher and his entire thing is that he's le this legit shooter guy. And if he doesn't have that, what does he have? Nothing. <laughs> uh, and plus, it's, it's just more of that they want Thatcher to be a main eventer, but they never want to give him a win problem. <laughs> And like the equal problem of like they want Kushida to do things and be relevant, but he's not actually doing anything. He's just running in circles, having matches yeah, with what's, guys. Yeah, what's Kushida's going takeover match? Finn? If they, I don't think Finn's going to be on that card. No, it doesn't seem like it. He's too busy talking about. He's too busy playing in his kitty away litter. and <laughs> the kitty litter. God, that troll later in the show. But uh, well, Finn is actually the guy in the hoodie at the main event, obviously. But well, no, our... that's, that, that's whoever was supposed to be Pat McAfee because he couldn't fly down this week. Uh, I don't know. What are you going to do? They've done nothing with Kushida. Even when they're doing something with Kushida, they're doing nothing with Kushida. It's so yeah, Kushida still never makes it on a takeover. Hey, <laughs> Champa. He's. That, what did he do? He sat on a chair. That's true. <laughs> you know why? Um... You know why he went out and sat on that chair? Why did he sit in the chair, Liam? Because he couldn't handle the boys in the back. <laughs> ah, it's very important. Yes, he got kicked out of the locker room because he's a snake in the back. He's a snake in the back. <laughs> we had the KO show with special guest Leon Ruff. This is some main roster bullshit. <laughs> I did at least enjoy Kevin Owens quips. Yeah, but like that's just every Kevin Owens segment for the last six years. But like the the problem with subverting a segment like this and pointing out how everything happens to obvious road well, things is like the next time they do it they're just going to do the obvious road come out say the name challenge triple threat match thing again the most so infuriating like... part to me was him going ah oh, i guess nxt is different and then he just comes out thus admitting that nxt is just the main roster yes we, we know that nxt is just the main roster thank you kevin for pointing it out because <sighs> yeah like the joke here is that these segments always play out the same, and then the segment plays out exactly as you think. But the next time they do it, the segment's just going to play out the same. So they're aware of how, like, cliche and predictable and lazy their formatting of this show is. So they make jokes about it and then just keep doing it. Yeah, it's, it's like, go fuck yourself. <laughs> Don't just address it and then keep doing it. That's the worst. It's like, uh, if you remember late, uh, I can't remember what season of Scrubs, but Scrubs used to do the sad music. And then eventually, like, they were like, and then the sad music played in my head. And they could never do it seriously after that, because you mocked it. And they'll still do it seriously after this. The triple threat match set for war games. That's the crux of this segment. Player. Uh, yes, indeed. I did appreciate that. I appreciated Regal's, like, hair flip as he did it. <laughs> he should have done the little dance as well, though, to be fair. It's like the, the William Regal TikTok that I saw the other day, where... The, the one where it's like, say it, say it. Yeah, and then he does the, I've never seen a, a pairing of two pretty best friends. <laughs> <laughs> like, Regal has a, an unmatched like, amount of sass, which needs to come through more, I feel. He should be, like, the conduit for more of the comedy on this show. Because he's, a, like, a tremendous comedy uh, performer. He's great at it. Uh, Jake Atlas, speaking of people who got two-week pushes after he lost to uh, Phantasma, he will now lose to Cameron Grimes in two minutes. So that's that's his big push, apparently. Ah, uh, the old Bronson Reed special. He's, like, to go from, like, all right, we're going to make him number one contender for the title. And he didn't even win matches to become number one contender. He, he beat, beat people, people up in the parking lot. <laughs> Which everyone does, so I don't know how that made him stand out. So then he loses his match against uh, Escobar, not Fantasma. He uses his his shoot name in WWE, uh, and 
then he just goes and gets squashed by Cameron Grimes. <laughs> mm-hmm. Dexter Loomis, Scary Grimes, they're going to have a strap match. They're going to run through all the wacky gimmicks. I do appreciate, once again, Regal being funny. (laughs) Grimes asking him, why don't you like me? And Regal just goes, it's your personality mostly. (laughs) Again, all comedy on this show should run through William Regal. Oh my god, Rhea's promo was so infuriating. Do you know why? Because it was WWE speak. And terminology and cadence. It was the classic NXT promo where they sent her out there to say nothing just to be interrupted. And that's the problem. It's like, the the way they format this segment is like, okay, Rhea Ripley has to come out and she's cutting a promo before uh, Candice LeRae comes out and then everyone beats her up. You know what she cuts a promo like? the segment. She cuts a promo like the promos that are in the 2K Games Universe modes. Where you select yeah. a triangle X and you press which one they want them to say after like a minute long pause between each button input. But like that's the problem. She had nothing to say. That's the problem. Like you send her out there with a microphone that's like say something and she has nothing to say and it feels like this. It feels like a video game. I um, hugged EO last week. Uh, you all thought I was going to leave. I'm not. Yeah, before everyone beat her up. So there you go. She's probably going to be in the war games. Or maybe Tony beats her. Um, yeah, that would make sense. But then you're pinning freaking Rhea Ripley again. So. Yeah, but I think <laughs> if, you, if you're kicking her off NXT. If. That's a big if these days, though. Mm. Uh, Bo and Jiley. <laughs> you know, I applaud Xylee's acting here. She was all right. Yeah, they were sitting before their scary woman. Do we know who that is? <laughs> no, we still don't know. And the, the master Shifu person was there. They drew on their hands again and they all looked very scared. Yep. Bo and Jiley were very upset and apologizing for, I assume, their failures. Their parents and family are dead. Yeah, they're all Already been murdered. And they've been held hostage. Where'd they get this footage from? Well, you see, wrestling's fake. Um, nah. If they murder Xiaoli and Boa, right? Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> what is their plan? <laughs> is their plan to just have go win wrestling titles to take over the world what's what's the what's the point here like even that is where all the power in wrestling comes from liam the championships if you ever listen to mike Tanay's commentary the power and control <laughs> comes from the championships like but it seems like this is more than just about like controlling a wrestling company well you see WWE has direct ties to u.s president donald trump maybe they want a taste of that saudi money hmm but it's like at least like with, like, like Dark Order's goofy as hell, right? Oh, listen, listen, Mr. AEW here is going to be like, listen, oh, the AEW does it good listen, with their Dork Order listen, and their BTE skits. Listen. And if Boa just made some John Silver listen, jokes, yes, all of I'd this be would in, suddenly baby. be good. Um, Like, Dark Order's goofy as hell. But at least it's centered around wrestling. Mm-hmm. Like, there are a bunch of dumb idiots that want to start a cult through wrestling. <laughs> At least there's wrestling in mind for their stupid shit. Like, this seems like... A, it seems like the Chinese Mafia. That's what this seems like. Mixed with occultism. As I said, take over WWE, direct line to secretary of a small business or whatever she was, Linda McMahon. <laughs> Maybe they have a bunch of small business loans they want to get. And there you go. Then you start your Chinese Mafia empire with the small business loans you get from your connections to Vince McMahon, uh, Linda McMahon. And that's how Mafia works. You haven't thought this true, Liam. They have an epic plan to take over the world via the World Wrestling Federation. I take it back. 
<laughs> NXT's the best. Ever rise, we're in the ring. Kevin Owens is very excited to see his boys before they got beaten up by the returning James Drake and Zach Gibson. Zach Gibson cutting his big promos in front of nobody is very strange. <laughs> and the piped in booze. Because like the entire the entire point of his promos aren't really that they're good, it's that they're annoying yeah. and they get heat. So if they don't get heat, they're just annoying. <laughs> but that being said, I actually like the Grizzled Young Veterans a lot, and I'm glad they're here to face Danny Burch and Oni Lorcan. <laughs> Yes, the big uh, babyface team of Zach Gibson and James Drake, the takedown Pat McAfee's evil empire. <laughs> it's like, if they want the tag belts, that's who they have to face. Yeah, the tag division does desperately need more teams, and they are welcoming that problem. But Isn't it funny how that's, like, a thing now? <laughs> the tag division at NXT needs more work? When yes, it was traditionally like... the, the biggest, well, maybe second biggest strength behind the women's division, if you look at the history of NXT, but... It's traditionally one of the bigger strengths in the history of NXT is now a weakness. <laughs> yeah, one of the most consistent points of the brand in this history. Uh, Candice Ray was being interviewed by Mackenzie Mitchell. Most important part of this is there was a second ghost face. Ooh. Which actually makes sense if you look at the history of ghost face on the show, because one of the ghost faces was much bigger than the other, so they, they brought it all together. It makes sense. It's going to be Brendan Vink. It's going to be uh, Bronson Reed. <laughs> yeah. You just made a series of noises there. <laughs> Gagano and Candice just adopt all the Australians. Yeah, it's like uh, they're holding their visas over them. And they're going to be friends. <laughs> Little meta. Come on, if anyone's going to uh, do that gimmick, it's going to be AEW. That's true. Uh, that should actually be Eddie Kingston's thing over it. It's like he has the Lucha Bros visas and he takes them back from Death Triangle. And then they have to do <laughs> they have to do a ladder match. The, the winner goes and takes the visas. Uh, main event, speaking of ladder matches, uh, Pete Dundee beat Kyle O'Reilly in one of those ladder matches that was probably pretty good, but they do so many of these ladder matches that I don't really care anymore. I thought it was pretty boring. <laughs> there was like that cool bump to the floor, but then the ladder broke in half, and I'm like, the, you do this in all of your matches now, WWE? That's the problem. You do so many of these matches that I'm numb to all of your cool ladder spots. It also had one of the most infuriating sequences I've seen in pro wrestling in a long time, where... Kyle did the Nile, Nigel rebound off the ropes, came back, pushed the ladder over. <laughs> Dunn came, hit the ropes, came back, hit him with an enziguri. Kyle went back, did the Nigel from the bottom rope, and came back and I think got the enzi there. I was like, that is... I was watching that and I was like, that is the worst. That sucks so bad. <laughs> like, legitimately, Nigel's worst influence on wrestling is that spot. Because nearly everybody that does it that's not him does it so badly. The only person who does like a cool version is like Leon Ruff who does like the the reverse <laughs> thing into it. Because mm. yeah, that, that spot was like, oh no, that's... Like, I don't mind coordination in wrestling. You just got to make it look good. There's people like, oh, it's so coordinated. It's like, yeah, it looks great. What's wrong with you? Yeah. Whereas the, these, this, the, like, this is what these people are actually giving out about. This, like, contrived shite that just doesn't work. Yeah, but because it doesn't have a flip in it, they don't care to mention it. It's like, That's this is the problem. This, this is the point that you hate. This is the thing that you hate. But you won't say it because they're not doing... It's not Osprey and Ricochet doing a flip off the ropes. It's grounded technical wrestlers, Pete Dunne and Kyle O'Reilly, <laughs> doing it. Getting to think people are uh, in bad faith in wrestling. So yes, a masked man arrived to push um, Kyle off a ladder and help Pete Dunne win and gain man advantage in war games. It's just Pat McAfee, but he wasn't there, so they had to put a mask on him. It, but that's what they did with Indy Hartwell. <laughs> yeah, well, that's what they did. 
but Pat, like Pat can't fly around right, to no, do no, every no, week. No, all right? no, no, I'm going, uh, no, I'm going to deconstruct this. If it's Pat McAfee, why is he disguising himself? Because he couldn't show up for the taping. Yes, but within the logic of the universe, there why, is no like, logic. Why was Indy Hartwell disguised? Because he's cool. Dis- <laughs> he's cool. <laughs> it's Finn. It's clearly Finn. Um, because Pat posted a tweet and he was like, "Oh, I sure wish that handsome man took his mask off at the end." <sighs> Stupid. Why couldn't they just have one of the other people on his team interfere? Because they were Why up did you in have the, fake the boxes. Pat McAfee? <sighs> they were up in the boxes watching, obviously. Um, Kevin made a real good point where he's like, Roderick could probably jump over there and beat the shit out of him. And I was like, they should have done that. Yeah. They should have had, like, Roderick. He's probably the most athletic of the bunch, right? Um, Him or Kyle, but Kyle is busy. Yeah. And, like, no one on the other side, <laughs> I don't think, can make... Maybe Biff is crazy enough to try. <laughs> but, yeah, like, they should have just had them jump over and beat the shit out of each other. That would have been good. Though. You know what they should have done? Put little cages around them. <laughs> ah, that would have kept them in. Yeah. Smart. And it's good co-branding with War Games. And it would have been aesthetic, uh, fit with the, the Capital Wrestling Center's aesthetic. Yeah, it's funny. Uh, one thing that I did notice during this band event was I liked I liked the aesthetic of the Capital Wrestling Center for a big, dumb weapon brawl. Because it, it kind of looked like a, a cool fight club. You know what I mean? And like uh, when um, Dexter Loomis and Cameron Grimes were doing their little ringside brawl after the the blindfold match last week, whenever mm-hmm. that was, uh, they were throwing each other into the cages. It was pretty cool. Yeah. So if I, I think that'd be a really cool wrestling venue if it could be opened up eventually to fit like you know as many people or more people than you could fit in full sale. Uh, well, it's smaller than full sale, isn't it? It's, well, yeah, it looks smaller. Well, it, right now it's only got like a row for like one row of fans on each side. So, mm-hmm. I, but I imagine because there's a lot of curtains behind them that it could be opened up to fit more people. Because I wonder, like, once they're allowed to have more people in there, if they'll switch back to full sale or what they'll what will they do? We shall see. Hmm. That's the, the most interesting thing about NXT is like, well, how will they set up their new arena once COVID's gone? <laughs> Which venue will they use? Oh my god. The Thunderdome? <laughs> AEW Dynamite began with John Silver against Hangman Adam Page. Good match, fun match, page one. Yeah, that was pretty fun. Um, Page looks like he hasn't slept in since he lost. Got big uh, black uh, makeup <laughs> under his eyes. Yeah, he's uh, selling, selling the loss, Liam. It's very important. I'm really enjoying these shorter openers on Dynamite. You mean not every match has to be, like, 15 minutes long? It really doesn't. I love a good 10-minute wow. dynamite match. Especially, like, John Silver should never be going longer than 10 minutes with Hangman Page. And he didn't. At least not yet, yeah. But it's like, even if... Like, you do a couple 10-minute matches instead of these 15-minute matches, and you can fit a whole other match on the card. Wow. I or know. you can give that extra five minutes to the match that actually needs it, and then leave these ones alone. Or you can, or you can have two more women on the show. Ah, uh, that's not loud. Let's not get <laughs> ridiculous here. <laughs> oh, sorry. Uh, the Dark Order, once again, are attempting to recruit Hangman Page for, like, the 16th time in the history of AEW Dynamite. And, like, the 50th time in the history of BTE. Like, I don't know. Like, this this has legitimately been a story going back a year now where they're recruiting Hangman. And I assume this is probably to set up a Brody and Hangman feud, yeah. which I'd be pretty into. I think they'd have good matches. But how many times do we have to do this damn Dark Order try to recruit Hangman and he turns him down thing? Mm. Um, but we'll lead to the question. Oh, is this the time? He's finally going to say yes. He's finally been broken down and defeated. He's finally going to give in to the lures of the Dark Order and friendship with John Silver. Uh, maybe we get a, a Brody Hangman tag. That would be a good team. They would have good matches with the Young Bucks. Also, I think Brody is probably a better tag team wrestler. So is Colt just like a member of the Dark Order now? Have I we think... just dropped that entire story? Yeah, I guess. 
Well, for the first time uh, since he's joined, he was in the BT Dark Order backstage gimmick, so maybe he's just a part so of Dark Order now. He's just a member now. The whole, like, courting him and uh, keeping him away from the dark side of the Dark Order. But now he's just, like, Brody's not around at the moment. So he's just like, I guess I'm a member now. Hey, guys. Maybe they're, um, they paid for his nice gear. So I'll stay around. Uh, he hasn't even been really wrestling on Dynamite. <laughs> I mean, on Dark. He's been, like, maybe done a couple six-man tags with him. Yeah, he's just, he's just saying, like, hey, guys, I'm here too. <laughs> maybe Brody getting hurt put all that on the back burner. <laughs> Guess we'll see. Maybe the whole thing was Colt was going to join the Nightmare family. Big jump. That's already that's already big enough. Is um Colton Gun in the Nightmare family? Uh, I'm not sure. I know the other two are. So yeah. maybe by uh, association, we can have the Colton Colton Gun team as part of the Nightmare yeah. family. Because um the the graphic for the announcement was only <laughs> Austin and Billy. Yeah, Colt hasn't hasn't earned it yet. Or Colton, sorry. Mm. And. Despite Lee Johnson joining, he doesn't want a match. <sighs> Poor guy. He's still squash fodder as well. That's the worst part. We'll talk about that later. It's like, what's the point of even having him join? <laughs> uh, Kenny Omega looked very glasses-like backstage. Wearing glasses. He's a big dork. He's a big dork. He really is. He's just this big giant dork. I, like, I don't get how people are still like, oh, is he a heel? <laughs> it's like, yes. <laughs> He's a big dorky what? heel, but that's Kenny. <laughs> They're too used to the WWE world where, like, everything has to be spelled out for them. and They can't, like, infer something from what they're actually watching. They have to be told by the announcers whether somebody's a heel. This despicable Kenny Omega. He needs to go out there and cut a you people promo. Uh, that's that's the problem. There was a very good tweet this week from Dirt Battery, Thomas, apparently. Kenny Omega looking like a fucking Disney Channel original movie villain who wants to shut down the community youth center. <laughs> Which is really funny because Kenny just released like a short action film. Uh, yes, the plug is his, uh, his pre-workout thing. Mm, which where you like, can look like Kenny Omega's in weird good shape. He's always been like that though. But like, would you be like the guys like, oh, Kenny Omega? I want to look like him. I think he's probably like a very he's probably great at powerlifting though. Mm. Like he strikes me as the dude who has the body type for powerlift, where he's just like muscle in weird places. Because, like, the thing that with Kenny, too, and of course I would be the one to know this, um, he doesn't, like, really work out with traditional workout equipment. He does, like, weird, oh, I'm going to pick up this log and throw it around uh, working out. Isn't Ibushi the same? Yeah. I remember watching a documentary or, like, a Little New Japan feature on Ibushi where he was like, I work out my right arm, then I work out my left arm, and I, I, I just try and see, do they look the same? Yeah. <laughs> like... That's so Ibushi that he's like not working them out both at the same time or an equal number. He just kind of eyeballs it. It's like, oh yeah, they look about right. Like I'm pretty sure in the lead up to like the first AEW show, like there was a vignette of Kenny just like pushing a boulder around. Don't we all push boulders up hills like tragic Greek figures? You couldn't remember the name. I can't remember the name, no. I played too much of Hades and I still can't remember the name. Just a hater. Anyway, <laughs> Kenny... Uh, said that his dad could beat up Mox's dad, which is very funny. Yeah, sick burn. That's always a classic, and I always appreciate how, like, petty it is. <laughs> Especially for <laughs> grown men in their mid-thirties. Uh, Powerhouse Hobbs, now named Fuck Powerhouse yeah. Hobbs, instead of Will. Fuck uh, Squashed yeah. Lee Johnson, and I singlet. didn't think a particularly good squash. I thought it was a bad squash. I thought I mean, he just did move slowly. We've been blessed by Wardlow squashes, which are the, gra- the greatest squashes of all time. 
you watch Wardlow squashes and you watch Lance Archer squashes and like those are squashes. Those are like, oh, look at that guy. And then like do a move and he'd stand around for 30 seconds. He'd do a move and he'd stand around for 30 seconds and then he'd pin somebody. Especially if you're doing the the Taz like mini deal, you know what I mean? Like he should be throwing suplexes and dropping people on their heads. All right, did you like this Taz Cody segment? Yeah, it was great. Fucking awesome. All right, I'll, I'll let you tell people why it's great before I bury it. So go on. <laughs> I mean, it's Taz coming out there and being serious and coming across as, like, a really cool dude. And then, you know, Cody being a smarmy prick because I guess he's the heel. <laughs> and, like, the whole time I was watching this, I was like, man, Cody's a prick. I want Taz to choke him out. And then Taz choked him out. I fucking jumped out of my seat. <laughs> I was like, yes, this is exactly what I wanted. But, like, the only negative I can think of, which might be the thing that you touch on, is that, like, is this going to build to a Taz-Cody match? Uh, that is a problem, and I, I, they should do Taz and Mox. That should be a main event of a pay-per-view. But... <laughs> Mox should join Team Taz after he loses the belt. Yeah, replace Hobbs. Just kick him out. What the fuck? Replace fucking Cage if you can replace anyone. I didn't really... I, I saw people raving about this segment. I was like, oh, Taz, I've liked Taz on this show. Taz cutting a big, juicy promo. And then I watched this segment. And, like, the more I think about it, the more I don't like it in many different small ways. Uh, one, I didn't think Taz's promo was actually particularly good. I thought he was rambly and a little incoherent and kind of lost himself. Uh, I didn't think the content of Taz's promo was particularly good because his entire problem here is this title not being recognized. And isn't the whole idea of that title that it's above being recognized? It doesn't need to be recognized. It's above this company. Yeah, but now, now you, I think the idea is because just like drawing on from things he said on commentary and stuff is that like, you know, he's a businessman, you see. This Taz fellow, right? Mm. And he's constantly complaining about how, like, Team Taz never has any merchandise, never has any way, like, to actually make money. Like, he, like he'll point out, like, the, his hat and his, that he's wearing can't be bought anywhere, that kind of stuff. And it's probably, like, along the lines of, like, <laughs> we have nothing. We have no way to make anything from our brand here. Recognize this title so we can start actually making some money from it. That's the impression it's I got. So- so shop AEW can start selling some replica belts and we can uh-huh. all make some money. I would buy some FTW replica belt. <laughs> but then, but then I, I have a further problem on top of that then. Because later in the show, Ricky Stark cut a promo where he was like, our problem is not with Tony Khan, it's with Cody. And I'm like, well, what? what's the point of all of this then? You know, yeah, that does kind of like completely shatter that theory because he's like, he pays as well. It's like, oh. Yeah. So, like, the whole thing later in the show is like, oh, Tony's good to us, but this Cody guy, he's a jerk. Uh, and I like, I, I really like the idea of, like, going full Cobra Kai, where it's like this competing dojo is actually trading your son. And that's, mm. like, a good source of dramatic tension. And then they tension. immediately sold off that plot point because he left with Taz. Yeah, that so annoyed me, where it's like, oh, so there's his son and he's just leaving with Taz. Okay, that I guess it's a bad introduction a for his son. Like... Where it's just a guy wearing a hoodie walking behind him. Yeah, you know what they should... <laughs> If they were going to do, like, Cody is, like, just a full prick, Cody should have set up a match that was Hook, Taz versus Powerhouse Hobbs. Yeah, like, there's so many little ways in which I didn't like this segment. And I, like, I I thought the Taz mission was cool. I won't deny Taz doing Taz missions is objectively cool. But, like, just all of the story beats here didn't really work for me, and they felt really forced. And when you, like, pick at them, there's, it's like, well, why did, that doesn't make much sense. You know, the thing is, I think we're just starved for cool shit in wrestling. And this was objectively just a cool fucking segment. But, like, the the worst part was people raving about Taz's promo here, because I actually think his promo really wasn't that good. I thought it was alright, but that wasn't the highlight for me. The highlight was he fucking choked out Cody Rhodes, goddammit. 
And I actually think the reason his promo wasn't that good is I think he didn't really believe it. Like the whole like, why don't you recognize this belt? Which is the whole idea of which it's above being recognized. I want the belt like, to be recognized though. <laughs> I don't know. People I want, I want the AW host division, damn it. And like, as I said, I love the idea of like Cody secretly training Taz's son and Taz being, because like if you watch Cobra Kai, someone's been watching Cobra Kai in AEW, because that's literally a story lifted yeah, from that show. Yeah, first season rules, by the way. And like, that's a good story. But then he just freaking walked out with his kid and it's like, what's the point of all of this? You just completely undermined it. Yeah, like, first of all, I don't think he should have even had the kid show up yet. It really made no, no sense and it wasn't even played off like a big deal. No, he was just... And he didn't even come out... Where did he come from? He didn't come crowd. out with Taz. The crowd? Was he just standing in the crowd waiting and watching and being like, all right, I'll carry your belt out, Daddy. Oh, well. Apparently he's really good. <laughs> so, fuck it. Maybe he'll be fucking sweet at wrestling. And he'll drop some dudes on their heads and that's what we need. Now, this is what we need in the world. He looks... It's funny because, like, I want him to just be, like, Taz 2.0. But, like, he doesn't seem like he has that body type at all. He seems like just a dude. Yeah. Maybe he has to put on that muscle in Cody's gym. <sighs> With Cody's steroids. Jim Ross has been talking for weeks about how Cody is putting on that muscle. Mm, it's all very sus activity. TH2 defeated Top Flight. Yeah, this is alright. I thought it was a solid little match. It's one of the better TH2 matches. Yeah, and again, TH2 in a nice, like, tidy 12-minute match. Much better than TH2 going, like, 15 minutes for no reason. Which is, like, hopefully... They can resist the urge to make the Bucks TH2 title match. <laughs> oh, it's going to be 20 and it's going to be like, like a good eight of it is going to be on Helgo rolling on the floor at Matt Jackson. And we're going to be like, why? Just let Jack Evans do dumb flips, <laughs> land on his head. He doesn't do nearly enough jump to the dumb flips on the, these shows. Remember when uh, Jack Evans wrestled Kenny Omega on Dark? Oh, that was a good match too. Mm. Back when Dark's had crowds. Uh, Vicky Guerrero cut a promo for Nyla Rose. I don't really know what it's about, but sure. Yeah, they rambled. <laughs> She's Vicky's like, bad. Brandy's Brandy's business model doesn't work. Her brand is bad. Brand he, she, does, she, she doesn't have to tell Nyla or Jade Cargill to kill people, but I don't know. Um, Shaq. Is Shaq going to be managed by Vicky Guerrero? Holy shit, I hope Shaq is managed by Vicky Guerrero. I take it all back. I hope Shaq joins the vicious vixens. There you go. He's the most vicious of vixens. I'd say so. Oh, SEU were defeated by Chris Jericho and J.K. Gore after interference from MJF. <sighs> Listen, this match mm-hmm. was slow and it was boring, but I liked all of the inner circle shenanigans on the outside. Although, like, didn't Cody have to, like, pick one person to be at ringside because he had too many? Uh, yeah, there was all these, don't you worry about it, AEW continuity is not a thing. <laughs> Maybe that was just for, like, the title match. But I was pretty sure that was a whole like thing that he could only have one guy at ringside. You could only have your like designated manager at ringside, wasn't it? Yeah, but I don't know if that was just for the MGF match because like MGF made to stink about it or something. Whereas yeah, at this show the entire Dark Order were at ringside. <laughs> that was the Jericho uh, match actually. Jericho's like, I'm gonna have one, you can have one. Even in the women's match, most of the Dark Order were just standing around along with Take Conti. So <laughs> there you go. I guess I guess maybe that's that was just for that match. AEW has no storytelling consistency. I'm sure Kenny uh, Kenny's had both the bucks out. That's true. But um, I like I like the finish though. I I will say that. And that does set up Jericho against Kazarian for next week. It's good. It's kind of cool. I'm not sure why they didn't do Jericho and Daniel, given that was like the big hook of this match. It was I they never don't wrestled. think they think Daniels can go anymore. I don't think Jericho can go anymore. <laughs> never mind Daniels. I don't think either of them are particularly like 
blowing minds at the moment. I sent this tweet yesterday after watching while watching this match, like about U.S. wrestlers that don't adapt as they get older. It was based on Daniels and Jericho as two guys who don't adapt, and Jericho did, did. for a he while. He did like, adapt when he was just a cool brawler. Yeah, Jericho, New Japan Jericho was this like lucha blood brawler, and now AEW Jericho is just back to doing like code breakers and lion salts and he's, and walls of Jericho. TV wrestling. He's, he's gone back to doing WWE TV stuff. It's disappointing. And like Daniels, this guy has a guy who like age finally caught him like two or three years ago, and he, he hasn't quite adapted to that yet. And maybe he never will because it's like realistically, why why would he at this yeah, stage? Because he's, he's not he's, like a pushed end of the show. He's got his bloody uh, talent relations job <laughs> to worry about. He'll come on and do an occasional match when they need him to lose. Still do a BME every now and again. Yeah. Uh, oh, Miro and Kip, right? <laughs> Xbox boys instead of PlayStation boys. <laughs> yeah, of that's the, the big heels with me now. <laughs> that's the important takeaway that they had a series x instead of a ps5 they put their series x on a couch as one does that's... isn't that where you put it no that's terrible that'll make it overheat my xbox series s is sitting on top of my wii u that's fine never put it on here's a tip kids never put any of your electronic devices on material mm. it's not good for them no flat soft not soft flat hard services like wood metal Plastic, I guess. I fucking know. Wii U's. It's Wii almost like a good stand for your Xbox Series S. Because yeah. you don't want to unplug your Wii U naturally. Yeah, I, I, why would you? But, Not yeah. like they're shutting Super Mario Maker down next year. The only thing... I See, I liked most of this segment. Like, I liked Best Friends being the like, hell out of them, whatever. Miro screaming into the camera was some of the dopiest shit I've seen. It's so bad. Miro... How is Miro in AEW worse than Miro in <laughs> WWE? Like, he's worse. And that's, like, remarkable. I still have faith that they'll turn it around. <laughs> And people will pretend it was a plan all along. One day he'll wrestle Kenny Omega. And I'll be happy. Speak, speaking of Kenny Omega, he had that contract signing. With This contract signing, where just a dude beats people up and cuts a great promo, build into a match next week. That's yeah. an actual great segment, not so, that Taz shit earlier. Are we getting Kenta on AEW next week? Um, I don't know. Like, maybe? It feels like it's going to be Kenta, but I've been here before. <laughs> The Forbidden Door hasn't opened yet, Liam. It's, uh, it's a I've, jar. Uh, Danny Limelight! It's open, and people are looking through the Forbidden Door, <laughs> no, but Danny, no one has walked in through the Forbidden Danny Door Danny Limelight, like, squeezed through the door. He, he more, like, climbed in a window. He didn't open it to get all the way through. He kind of, like, just squeezed... It's You know what the thing is? It's not a hinge door. It's a sliding door. That's right. the problem. We've never... it's We've not realised that it's been a sliding door. And it's been opened a little bit. Like, when you leave a little bit of a door open so a cat can get in and out if it needs to. Mm-hmm. And Danny Limelight just kind of snuck in. No, I think Danny Limelight walked around the back of the house and climbed in a window while nobody was looking. <laughs> and along the way, he stepped in UWN. And also, he doesn't have a contract, so he can do these things. Yeah. But I actually like him a lot, by the way. I've been watching his stuff on Strong. He's actually really cool. But, yeah, um, Moxley was cutting I, the promos, being like, this isn't a BTE nonsense. Yeah. True babyface burying BTE. <laughs> BTE. So, yeah, uh, actually one segment from earlier that I really want to give credit to is, um, because it did one of my favourite things in wrestling, which was not ignore continuity, was when um, Mox came up to Kingston, and Kingston was like, it wasn't me. I love that kind of shit, when we don't just forget about feuds as soon as they end. He's also like, you'd know it if it was me, which is like a cool Kingston line. Uh, but it was also the line Chris Jericho used to tell Matt Hardy that he didn't beat him up, so AEW repeating stories again. Wow. Well, it's probably because they don't have people scripting their promos. Uh, but, Jericho. Yeah, it's gonna be Kenta. 
I'm going to be really disappointed when it's not Gendo. Forbidden Door. It's going to be Kota. Kota is going to show up oh setting up Kenny Kota... Omega against Kota Ibushi in the Tokyo Dome. Oh my god. Uh, the idea of like Kenny having a hitman and it just being Kota. <laughs> I don't know. Which actually, to be fair, ties it all together because I don't think Kota would be a good hitman. <laughs> yeah. But uh, I just I want it to be Kenta. <laughs> And the fact that they didn't reveal it this week, and that they like it felt like they were saving stuff for the live for the live episode, it just makes me feel like shit's gonna happen. It feels like next week is gonna be an episode where some things go down. Mm. I'm just yeah, they've got me really excited for the prospect of the winter is coming episode. So, which is actually, if you look at the, it's not like a great like. There's been better undercards. They in have AEW all the history. stars on the show. Even if they're not in, like, particularly cool matches, they have, like, your Cody's on there, your Jericho's on there, Kenny and Mox are on there. But only one match of those looks interesting. Yeah. It's a one... Which, in fair, it's, it's the, one the matters, biggest match but... in America. <laughs> well, listen, if, if it doesn't happen in the Thunderdome, it's not the biggest match in America, Liam. If it's Come not on. Roman Reigns versus Drew McIntyre. <laughs> That's the biggest match in America right there. Champion versus champion. How do you get bigger said than that, that in an interview? <laughs> Oh. He was like, I, I legitimately believe that Drew McIntyre versus Roman Reigns, is, Roman Reigns is the biggest match in wrestling right now. If that's like actually true, then wrestling is in a worse state than I thought. And it's like that's actually a match that I thought would be probably be pretty cool, but I assume Roman just talked throughout the entire thing. I don't know. Why remember had they had that mediocre WrestleMania match? Those two? Yeah. No. How do you not remember that? Roman and Drew. Roman and Drew had a WrestleMania match. It wasn't very good. No, they didn't. They did. It was like 34 or something. Wasn't it Drew? It was Roman's first match back after cancer, wasn't it? That w- I don't believe that at all. No. No? Maybe it was before he went out. Versus Drew McIntyre. Holy fuck. That happened at WrestleMania. Yeah. <laughs> what the fuck? I have zero recollection of this. Mainly because I didn't watch that show. But... That was Roman's first big match back after he returned from uh, cancer. I, <laughs> what was the story for that? I don't know. Who could possibly remember what happened in 2019? You didn't even remember the match happened. Never mind me. I, remember fair, remember I don't the think story. I watched a WWE pay-per-view in 2019. So there you go. They're a big WrestleMania match. Uh, speaking of big matches, it was, it was better way, than that. Just aside, I looked at the video of the match on YouTube. Um, mm-hmm. It's very weird to see WWE in front of people. Has your mind just adjusted to there never being anybody there now? Yeah. It didn't have screens in the backyard. <laughs> Whoa. The olden times. What are they doing? There's like 5% of me that really hopes that just sticks to the Thunderdome forever. Knowing them, they probably might. It's Vince cheaper. probably wants to. Can control the reaction to stuff, you know? Don't have to worry about fans turning against you. You can just fake it all. Even though there's times where like people boo the undisputed hero and they're supposed to be baby faces at this stage and you're like i don't think that's well i don't think anyone's actually watching these shows live at this point i'm pretty sure they're all just like recorded all of the no i think the raw and smackdown ones are still and pay-per-view ones are still real it's nxt are the ones that are like fake screens from and old thunderdomes and well obviously main event. <laughs> <laughs> they get the real people in for 205 live imagine they're getting live people in for main event yeah, it's the big Jeff Hardy and Ricochet dream match. It'd be really funny if um, they have 205 Live with real people and you just see the screens going black one after another as the show goes on. <laughs> they just tune out. Yeah, just turn the computers off. <laughs> to simulate the true 205 Live experience of people walking out yeah. of the building. Oh uh, yeah, so this wrestling show. 
Hikaru Shida defeated Anna Jane, which I appreciate them right. trying to pretend like they told the story for this match with the pre-match <laughs> video. It's like, well, good effort. It's better than nothing. Yeah, I, I like Anna. Anna. Anna Jane. Yeah, she's um, she's like, she's very. I did like the the whole like back in March. I was just gr- super green. She after took my advantage of a green wrestler. I was like, that's such a cool line though. <laughs> but like the idea that oh, now that I've been wrestling for. Still under a year, but you know, another like seven or eight yeah, months. Now that I joined uh, a cult, <laughs> I, I now know everything about their the, to do. Everything is fine. Hmm. Uh, good match. She does a good champ. Yeah, she needs some competition. <laughs> she does because she does do a very good job okay, of carrying the no likes of Anna Jay. Does no one have a spare room for Rio to stay in? <laughs> and the likes of um, Penelope Ford to good, competent, sometimes great matches in the case of Penelope Ford. But yeah. She just has nothing going. There's nobody to wrestle her. And there's, like, like good people. I guess, like, just do Thunder Rosa again, I suppose. No one, no, one, no one has a spare room in all of Florida. Get, like, Alison Kay in there. She's at least, like, Ugh. physically imposing. Alison Kay looks the part of a challenger, you know? And she can perform the part of a challenger. Let's get Awesome Kong back. <laughs> She's done filming Auntie Donna. She can come do this. <laughs> Big Auntie Donna star, Awesome Kong. She was in it, the latest show. But that's what people remember her for. Well, that's the most recent one. <laughs> That's why I was going with it. Matt Hardy's a heel now. Yeah, Matt Hardy's been a heel in my mind for a long time. I ge- I'm generally okay with Matt Hardy. You were, like, for a long time, very much on the, like, Matt Hardy bandwagon. I was AW. like, at least he's having, like, good matches, and he's doing okay, st- and he's not being, like, pushed. But him just playing different characters every week, depending how he feels, is, like, my breaking point for just, like, just go away for a while, At least man. he's just... doing one of his better ones. <laughs> Like, uh, big Money Matt's up 2015 there. TNA nostalgia. He's not Big Money Matt. He's the iconic Matt Hardy. Big oh, Money I... Matt's a Ring of Honor character. The iconic Matt Hardy is a 2015 TNA Sorry. character. Get your Matt Hardy. It was right. the same character, Garrett. <laughs> no, they're they're different iterations of Matt Hardy. He should do. He should go crazy again. <laughs> Stop talking about grapes. Yeah, he's just. Is the private party thing done? Is he like? Is it's just a Twitter or... gimmick? Because he sent that tweet about elevating Sammy Guevara, and they're like, let's I run with it, it and I make him like promo. this. I think it was the reaction that the promo got that they changed into whatever this is. I um, I kind of hope this is like they turn Private Party like into dickheads. Matt Hardy influences them and manipulates them into evil. Yeah, and like then you can kick off the um, top flight Private Party decade feud that I want so very badly. Mm. I think that'd be cool. Matt's in the Diamond Dozen Battle Royal. Also, Private Party need to be healed because they're so stale now um i was watching dark and when they came out for their match they were like seven and seven this year and that's like the least that's like the worst record you could have even worse than being like a brandon cutler that that really is like we don't know what we're doing with you right now it's the hey win on dark and then lose on dynamite it's the two-week nxt push it's it's the joey janelle we had that uh, team taz promo where they undercut your vision of the segment and made you very mad (laughs) (laughs) which led us into our main event you know what's funny? They keep treating, like, Death Triangle as if they were, like, this massive stable in AEW's lore. <laughs> but, like, they were mm-hmm. around for, like, four weeks. Yeah, probably not even that. Uh, like, okay, they had the debut where they beat up Orange and Lucha Bros. Yeah. Then they beat Private Party and Joey. Mm-hmm. And then they had the Kenny and um, Bucks match. So, so three weeks. I assume they also did a Best Friends trios. But wasn't wasn't the Kenny and Bucks match pre uh, Death Triangle? Wasn't that just a match? Maybe. No, I think you're thinking of the Laredo Kid one. I think they were full Death Triangle at this point because I think it was um, 
up into the revolution. They, they became build. no, they they, be, they became Death Triangle after Revolution, didn't they? Mm, I thought they did it before Revolution. I thought it was like the first week after Revolution that they formalized themselves as Death Triangle. Uh, and I was wrong about the, um, the Best Friends match too, because that was the match that they were going to do before COVID hit. Mm. They set up, like, we're going to do a, um, a parking lot brawl with them, which eventually they did with um, PMP instead. And it was amazing. Butchered the Blade, Kingston, Lucha Bros stable that never had a name. The was fam. around much longer than Death Triangle. The fam. Uh, decent match. Decent main event. Yeah, it's cool seeing... Park be more of a baby face because he does a bit more flips now. <laughs> I, his baby face comeback was very good in this match. I enjoyed it. Lots of kicks. Um, I like that they still want to emphasize that Death Triangles are kind of dickheads because like Penta beat the fuck out of one of the Butcher and or Blade. I forgot. <laughs> and there, there's like there is like there is some face heel problems here, especially with the Lance Archer thing post match, where it's like that was just a full baby face comeback. Or is yeah. it's like full baby face. There's not even any like I'm still a bad guy. It's I like, think Cody's right. booking this. <laughs> Doesn't believe in shades the faces of gray. The heels, yeah. Shades of grey, brother. I, so, um, the match was pretty good. Um, it was cool to see Butcher Blade actually get a win. <laughs> oh, yeah, I was actually surprised when they won. I was like, oh, look at them. They actually see, won I was a the match. Opposite. I thought that this was going to be Butcher Blade's win because I thought they were going to just pin Phoenix and have Eddie interfere. And I was like, it's exactly what happened. Because, um, like, Butcher and Blade have lost everything. Mm. So they needed something to keep them, have some credibility. And then Death Triangle will beat them in the trios. And then, yeah, the post-match I thought was really cool. I loved Lance Archer in it. Yeah, if there wasn't for the face-heel dynamics there, I'd be like, yeah, because he kicked ass. Death Square. Death Square. Death Square. Or You're a death my square. alternative name that I came up with. Mm-hmm. Everybody Death. He yeah. he didn't come out to Everybody Dies, but they played Everybody Dies as the show ended. I, so. I suspect that was a mistake. <laughs> yeah, it's a much better song, but I think they m- might have lost the rights to it. Well... At least we got one more accidental play of it to close the show. Uh, yeah, exactly. Um, if Puck's gonna be like, if if Lance joins up with Death Triangle, can we like drop mm. Jake now? <laughs> Perhaps. Actually, it's it's actually funny when it when his music hit. I was like, who is this? Because I'm like, what's this generic rock song? I remember it, man. Has the countdown. Because <laughs> he hasn't been on the show often enough, and I don't see him on Dark. That's the problem. <laughs> you know what I appreciate though? What main event of Lance Archer in an American company? <laughs> Yeah, it's about time for him. And he's got the he's got a great look too. Listen, pal, Lance Archer main evented impact in like two thousand five, so who is the trendsetter here? Hoyt, 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 Hoyt. <laughs> Remember uh, Vance Archer? Oh, what a time. What was his um his thing that he said to Tiffany in his intro that got memed a bunch? I don't know. Uh, she was like, Wow, you're intense. <laughs> Aren't we all? <laughs> Two talents that were just underappreciated in WWE. As opposed to The Tent, which is an indie star now, I believe. Hmm? There's that guy who does the camping gimmick with tents. What? Meme wrestler. Why did you bring him up? Because you said intense. And oh. I did some wordplay <laughs> there were, I with I thought you tents. were saying that, like, Tiffany is doing some tent gimmick. Uh, good on her. Taren Terrell. Knockouts champion. Living Great match tents. that one time. Hey, that two times, to be fair. Mm. Um, I will get to it in my 2010 watch, damn it. Uh, those are our shows. What's your match of the week? I don't know. Um, might be Hangman Page and uh, freaking John uh, John Silver. That might be my match of the week. I think that is my match of the week. Not a great wrestling week on these shows. Is there anything good on NXT? There was the ladder match, but I'm so bored of ladder matches I couldn't possibly care. Kushida and freaking Thatcher was okay. 
I liked the women's opener until the ending. Uh, yeah, I'm going to go with Hangman Page and John Silver. God, what a bad week. I'll go with TH2 and Top Flight. Both of these solid three and a quarter star matches <laughs> are a match of the week. Yep. There we go. Oh, uh, yeah, 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 fine. I don't care that much to debate it in my head. Uh, show of the week. AEW because NXT made me mad. I'm also AEW even though I didn't like that Taz segment. I didn't like more things on NXT. So there yeah. you go. You're a real uh, negative person. <laughs> I am. Uh, which show did, did, did the fans prefer this week? They preferred the Tony one over the WWE one. Oh, damn it. I should have said the Tony one or the Tony one with an I. Ah, uh, I missed the pun. Horrible. Can you please that be the two titles? <laughs> okay. Uh, a reminder, Christmas episode, vote for NXT. Don't. There was some confusion. People were like, hey, don't listen to me. I don't want people to vote for NXT until the Christmas poll. And you know it's not going to work. <laughs> oh, it's not going to work. And I shouldn't mention it at the end of like an hour and 20 hey, long podcast. you know what we should do <laughs> to give NXT the best chance? I'm going to hashtag NXT because I do the things now, apparently. I'm going to hashtag yes. NXT, but not hashtag Dynamite. <laughs> Also, just say in the tweet to vote for NXT. Actually, yeah, say in the tweet to vote for NXT and see does that actually make people vote for NXT. It won't. <laughs> Who, uh, um, as I'm, I'm going to go <laughs> AEW, NXT, or NXT again, <laughs> and then we're going to add the two NXT votes together. And then you're going to add put the copy of the tweet, a reminder, this is the week you're supposed to vote for NXT. <laughs> <laughs> AEW versus NXT, open bracket, the Garrett one. All right, you can listen to uh, no, you can vote in the poll as we go into outros. I'm a professional. Uh, <laughs> by following us on Twitter at Wargames Pod, you can follow me on Twitter at Garrickin. You can follow Liam Twitter on Twitter at Larrikin. I think you're open at the moment, aren't you? I'm a cool guy. If you would like more uh, <laughs> AEW coverage in your podcasting feed, oh, we never buried the Finn promo. As I'm now just looking at the Twitter feed. I mean, we... kitty litters and cats. <laughs> That's some Maro shit right there. Uh, also, to... congratulations to Maro getting to call the great Tyson fight today. Oh, who won that fight? I didn't even um, see. It was a draw. <laughs> ah, the classic work. But Tyson won. <laughs> Just see, like Tyson killed him. But yes, listen to everything elite for your AEW coverage. Listen to uh, Shake Them Ropes for your television show coverage. More important. Thanks for listening. He wants to fight Cotter McGregor. I'll fight you. No, you won't. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.